0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: Moondog Makers and Bakers Catering Services. Taking ordinary to extraordinary. Personal and home private nights to massive events. From wood-fired pizzas to full gras. Get your three-pack spice blend of moon dust, moon crust, and moon rocks. Hashtag what is Moondog. Familiar food done differently
0: celebrating the amazing people of coastal Mississippi and across this great state who are working hard to make this a great place to live, work, and play. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1.
1: Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are working so hard to make coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. Hey, listen, I'm holding a copy of the Sun Herald from last Sunday, and the headline was Mississippi Other States Sue Feds Over Flood Insurance Hikes. We're going to be talking more about that going forward. If you missed my show last week with Frank Bordeaux and Mary Martha Henson, Frank's an executive uh, in the real excuse me, in the insurance industry here on the coast, and he's also chairman of the GOP in Mississippi, and then Mary Martha Henson, who has tremendous legislative experience in Washington, works with the Jackson County Economic Development Foundation. We had an hour-long conversation about. The uh, the complexities of not only the wind and, and, and comprehensive insurance, the challenges we are going to face that we're facing now, both in the commercial realm and the re- residential realm, but also this ongoing conversation about the changes in the flood insurance program. But the combination of those two are creating tremendous challenges for uh, coastal Mississippi and other states. And we'll be uh, we'll be talking more about this suit uh, that's uh, been filed against FEMA and the and Homeland Security. Uh, to try to bring about some sanity. I mean, you take a program like that and try to make it actuarially sound. What that means for coastal communities is very significant. Now, one other thing that I noticed in this story, I'm going to talk more about this in the future. I've alluded to it before. It's something that concerns me greatly, but here's the story is, had, had, um, had Tate Reeves, big story, picture Tate Reeves, and the headline says, Reeves declines answer to answer welfare scandal question, and it's a story by Taylor Vance of Mississippi Today. Uh, I've actually written a piece about Mississippi Today that I haven't finished. I've, I've done my research. I'm deeply concerned, frankly, of, of, um, about Mississippi Today in that it's a nonprofit news organization. And we've talked about this on this show. There's a trend in America around nonprofit news organizations who are funded by uh, individuals with political agendas. And this is definitely true of Mississippi Today. If you look at their funding, for example, Dickie Scruggs, if you look at, I don't know where Dicky's funding is today, but over the history of Mississippi Today, Dickie Scruggs, um, uh, if you don't know who Dickie Scruggs is, look him up. Um, I like Dicky. I mean, if there's a story of redemption, maybe Dicky's a story of redemption, but the reality is has got a political agenda, and he's a major contributor to Mississippi Today, or at least has been. Jim Barksdale. Who you know? I think he's toggled between being a Democrat and a Republican. But when he was named the chairman of the Governor's Commission on Recovery, Rebuilding, and Renewal, one of the reasons that Governor Barber asked him to be the chairman was that he was the largest contributor to Governor Musgrove, who, who uh, Haley ran against, and Haley thought it was an important signal. That uh, that we have someone like that. Although, yeah, in addition to that, we didn't want anyone from the coast because it would have meant if you were from Gulfport, people from Biloxi would have had an issue. It, Jim Barksdale did a fine job of leading the Governor's Commission after Hurricane Katrina. But if you look at Brandon Presley and who's some of his largest contributors today, it's Jim Barksdale and, uh, and Dickie Scruggs. And here, here are the major contributors of Mississippi Today over all these years. The Mississippi Today w- operates out of Jim Barksdale's building. His wife Donna is the chairman of the board. And then if you look at... Um Uh, Anyway, I could go on and on. But there's a political agenda now. Now newspapers across the the state who have lost resources are using the content that they get from Mississippi Today to fill space. And here is a front-page story in the Sun-Herald from Mississippi Today. And they're not disclosing. They don't disclose who their specific funders are. And um, to me, I think it's a problem in Mississippi. It's not going to go away. There's a rise, in, uh, a rise in nonprofit newsrooms with political agendas, and uh, they don't fully disclose uh, who, their, who their givers are. So it's, uh, it's something that really concerns me. And uh, I'll, I'll, that's enough for now. We'll talk more about that in, in future, future shows. Now let's turn to my friend Billy Hughes, the mayor of the city of uh, Gulfport. And first of all, I'll just say good morning. How you doing, Mayor? Morning Ricky. How are you? I'm doing great. You can see uh, first of all on in the insurance issue we can talk about that major issue for us as we go forward. I think it's probably one of the most important issues we're going to be facing. And you and I've had many discussions about 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 news media over the over the many years, but what I said about Mississippi today, it's important that that okay, it's okay to be a biased Newsroom, it's okay to be that, but just tell the world that you're that, and don't don't push yourselves off as a as an objective, unbiased newsroom. How do they p- possibly do that, knowing who's contributing to all their money?
2: Well, if anybody understands, you know, the power of uh, you know having a newspaper and maybe being able to push stories and agendas and messaging, it's you have been yes. publisher of the Sun Herald. But the headline I like most recently is Southern Miss, once again hosts uh, super regional in baseball. So we got a lot of excitement coming this weekend.
1: <laughs> is it boy, isn't that Trump so so proud of this team? Yeah and the fact that fact that they had to win four games in a row, man. Four games in a row to get to where they where they are now. They they feel like there's a bit of a team of destiny. I'm excited about that. I really am. Um Anything you want to say about the insurance situation before we shift gears?
2: Uh, it's it's getting to a point that it's debilitating. Um, you know, we're we going through the same thing at the municipal level. Uh, you know, we have a family agency that we deal with a lot of folks on the homeowners and, you know, small <coughs> commercial basis. And, and so uh, we're seeing it at the agency. You know, Paul has given me you know, feedback on that, and it's very concerning about not only what rates are doing, but about the number of companies who are getting away from doing business in coastal communities at all—it's not just Mississippi. Um, but what that means is uh, you have to pay more for either less coverage or higher deductibles, and um, you know we're going to get to a point that it's, uh, it's just flat out unaffordable. Uh, and then the coverages you get—you you, know—you get these thousand, you know, thousand-dollar deductibles and above, and for cities, it's million dollars of deductible sometimes based on what you're faced with. And, you know, unless you wipe off the map, there's not a whole lot to recover. The other thing for the insurance industry that they fail to realize in communities like ours is after Katrina, we, we rebuilt to new and different standards. So uh, things that have been built since then are hardened. Uh, they're better protected. They're, they're, they're just better built. And so we as a community have mitigated risks for insurance companies, but they're not recognizing that in the underwriting. And then that's before you go and talk about flood insurance. Which has been subsidized by the federal government, and maybe there's an argument for for additional and further subsidy, given that what is it, eighty percent of our population lives within a hundred miles of a coastline. Yeah, but flooding risks are everywhere. They're inland, they're coastal, they're everywhere, and so uh, there may be a good argument for that. And again, we could do another show on the um, what Gene Taylor used to talk about on the, um, uh, the the hazard policy that they had talked about incorporating, you know, yeah. flood and. Yeah. On and commercial onto one policy, you don't have so you never have a wind versus water question. Right, you have a trust fund to deal with large national calamities. Whether yeah, it's-
1: catastrophic coverage, and you know the industry for for years, uh, uh, Franken. And- Mary Martha and I talked about this last week. The industry fought that for many years, but the situation has changed dramatically. Frank's Frank's feel on that these days is that the industry would be more. It's going. It would change everything. But it, we're in a moment where maybe we need to have those kind of conversations. Because the point that he was making for the average person who doesn't understand the complexities of this, yeah. insurance companies have to get insurance. That's the reinsurance markets. That's why you have to go to Lords of London and these other these other syndicates that are in. Engage in insuring insurance companies, and uh, what's happening is the global markets, and what's happening globally in terms of the insurance markets that are, that that are around the you know the number of disasters, et cetera, have caused the 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 reinsurance market to the skyrocket. And as long as that's like that, and Frank says it's going to be like that, and again, it, the, the future disasters could even determine this as well. But it may take two or three years for that to settle back down a bit, and it may never get back to where it was. But when you combine the 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 cat the the comprehensive insurance coverage that you have to get as a city or a business has to get, or, or or an individual has to get, with the the flood insurance issue that we're all facing now that we understand what our target numbers are, mine went from four hundred dollars a year to $4,000 a year. That's yeah. what the target number is. I mean, we got it. That, that's why we're seeing the Mississippi join with other states to sue, uh, sue sue, homeland security. But the reality is we've got to come to grips with this, Billy. And it's, it's a 99%, 99% of the counties in America in the past couple of decades, have have experienced some type of of catastrophic flood event. So this is not just a coastal issue; it, it's affecting all of us. And um, my my concern is there's so much noise in Congress these days that it's hard to get your head around an issue of this complexity, and um, and and we don't we 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 just don't have the focus we need to solve something like this.
2: Well, it's an economic problem, and it's, it's getting to the point you know, where if you find that you can't get insurance, well, guess what? You can't finance a house. You can't get a loan on even a car if you can't have insurance that's required as part of that package. So it's not just the insurance industry. Um, but, you know, the, the, that multi peril thing is something I wish they'd really go back to it because otherwise when it comes to claim time on catastrophic issues, the public, the policyholders are the ones who are caught in the middle instead of getting made whole pretty quickly. So um, it, it's a challenge and, um, you know, the, the lift is heavy, but it's going to come to a head because it's just getting out of hand from an affordability standpoint.
1: Okay, so uh, Fofo Gillich was on my show yesterday, and uh, at the end of the conversation, he bragged on how much fun the the two of you had at your fundraising event at the Grand Blues, uh, at the Grand Blues Club. Uh, to, to to go toward your panhandling project. And uh, when we get on the other side, we'll talk a little bit about that. He said that the uh, impromptu version of Hey Jude at the end was so much fun. And he said that you're just a blast. And he actually had an idea that the three of us should have do a show together at some point, which I think is a great idea. But um, when we come back on the other side, we'll talk about why that fundraiser is important. We'll remind you about this panhandling project that Billy Hughes and Fofo Gillich are working on. And then we'll talk about some really great news for the city so a lot to talk about we'll see you after this break
0: his passion and love for coastal mississippi is why he's here this is the ricky matthews show on super talk 103.1 Welcome back
1: to the Ricky Matthews Show. I have my friend, the mayor of the city of Goport, Billy Hughes, with us now. And when we went to break, we're talking about this wonderful fundraiser that was held recently that could become an annual event because here you got... A mayor and Biloxi, who has a long history of loving music of all types, and you've got a mayor Guphorn, who's you know a music writer loves to publish and produce music. He's a drummer, I think he play multiple instruments. You know that I'm a drummer, so we share a lot of love for music, but the reality is that that event was terrific, wasn't it, Billy?
2: Look, that venue of Ground Zero is really phenomenal, and um you know uh, mickey Steele and and their staff and and Lee um and daniel they all really went out of their way to make this show a success it was a large lift and you know we're calling it a fundraiser but really it was for an awareness campaign and um uh, the the event itself was a whole lot of fun it's really i think was a long time coming ricky we have so much talent across this coast and interestingly enough a lot of it exists within elected officials you know miles sharp's band opened it up he had his daughter sing Crowd stayed. Fofo never met a piano he didn't like. I mean, if there's one <laughs> anywhere, he he's going he's gonna to find his way to it. And, uh, you know, any of us who play love to get on stage, and particularly when you get to play with other really great musicians. So if this continues, I see it as a showcase for our coastal talent with, you know, a, a different lineup or a mix of a lineup each different time, if it takes on. So this just happened to be a cause that came about that we needed to really raise some awareness because of uh, the how frequently we see and hear from people who are tired of being harassed and approached by panhandlers, some of who are very aggressive. It's a dangerous practice getting into traffic. It's um, it's it's another impact to our economy when people um, feel uncomfortable going to restaurants or getting gas um, for fear of being um, approached for somebody asking for you know uh, money or, or some need. And if they don't get it, then they're going to get, again, hassled about it. So this is more about awareness. And, and folks, we have to stop the way um, we're doing this. It's, it's We're not saying don't be charitable because we can't help it. That's our nature as Mississippians. You know, we give more per capita than anybody else. So we're going to help our fellow man, particularly those we perceive as being in need. But panhandlers, a lot of them are game in the system, and they are not in need. They're not your homeless that we need to get in touch with services. A lot of them are making a living off of the charity and goodwill of others. And, um, Uh, So we have to stop encouraging this practice that nobody likes. Nobody wants to have happen and sends a really bad message to people coming to our community. So if we dry up the money, that's job number one. Stop giving to those folks. But give to your church. Give to this better way to give foundation. Give it to a foundation that you know the money is going to be pooled and put to a much better use than five bucks here or whatever it is there. You know, I had some guy tell me, said, I just I'm intimidated by him. He's a big fella, friend of ours. He said, I just want him to go away. I'm going to pay them to leave and get out of my face. Well, that is wrong. And until we change that practice, we're going to continue to have a problem and invite folks to engage in this dangerous, troubling habit. So this is as much about awareness. And on June 1, you know, we talked about it for years and we said, let's just pick a date and so we had the launch campaign, the fundraiser component, we have signs all across Gulfport and Biloxi, and we have mayors across this coast who say, yeah, we may not have the problem that the larger cities have, but we know once they push out a year, they're coming to ours, so this has been a collective coming together as much as anything we've seen, and we were able to celebrate um, uh, with some good music uh, and some some fellowship uh, last Thursday night.
1: I heard that uh, Bruno Mars was there. Well, well, or maybe somebody
2: who looked like him. Uh, certainly some sounded <laughs> like him. Uh, but yeah, the music's you know,
1: really There's some talented people. That's the that's the bottom line.
2: Yeah,
1: it was fun. So okay. Gutport once again getting national attention. Uh, number one most affordable beach town in America. You you gotta love seeing stuff like that.
2: Yeah, you know, and this is not the first time that it's happened. And there are a lot of things out there that are, that are just clickbait. They throw these uh, rankings out just to get people to click on them, and it usually has nothing to do with that. But this is uh, from the Realtors Association. Now, this is Realtor.com, and I think this is the third time in five years that has been recognized in that. And we've had, um, you know, the the city of Ocean Springs, uh, the, you know, Pasture Long Beach, Biloxi, uh, Bay St. Louis, they've all – Year in, year out, we have some really neat things going on here, and I'm proud that Gulfport has a role to play here, too, and is recognized for what we do and where we are. And look, all you have to do is go to the panhandle of Florida and just pull up one of these, you know, uh, Zillow or or real estate things and see what the cost of real estate is in those areas, and it's ridiculous. So you come back home and say, man, not only do we live in paradise, uh, a pretty good version of it, but things really are affordable here, Compared to some of those other communities that you can't even consider buying something over there.
1: Hey, listen, a friend of mine, a friend of mine bought a house in uh, one of the Destiny developments along Miramar Beach, and it was an older house, but in a really incredible community. And he put five hundred thousand dollars in it. I said, "What in the world are you doing?" He said, "You know what I'm going to sell it for? It was um, twenty five hundred square feet or something like that." I actually, I rode my bike. We were in Miramar last week. I rode my bike by to check it out and look at the neighborhood. You know, obviously, incredible neighborhood. But two point nine million dollars. Two point nine million dollars. I mean,
2: yeah, I, I saw. I saw. Um, we were we were down in uh, around Santa Rosa, which is not. You know, I guess it's all high end, right? But it's yeah. not. It's not the Rosemary Beach type thing. It's just a nice transition area between some of these. And uh, there was a, um, a 1950s ranch-style, almost a bungalow, uh, maybe three-bedroom, uh, and it was on the, the south side of 38. so that's great real estate, right?
1: Yeah, right. Up yeah.
2: In the middle of all these condos and, and developments and stuff, but it was the same price range. I mean, it was an old, old, small home, and you're talking two, $3 million, um, you know, uh, if, if it were ever to go for sale.
1: So what's what's you know you and I have had conversations in the past where these websites that do clickbait sometimes when they do their assessment it comes out in your favor sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But when you see realtors doing it I mean and you talk about affordability they're doing it based on national data. I mean the data is driving this and it's a it's a very relevant and very um defendable approach that they take. So when they come out and say that number one most affordable beach town in America that's pretty significant coming from that particular source. No,
2: that, and it augments uh, folks who are legitimate organizations. You know, we talked a while back, about a year ago, this group called Wallet Hub. I like to call them Wallet Hoax. Uh, they, they come out and they rank us as, uh, you know, pretty low on standards like best and worst managed cities, those sorts of things. And we started looking into it. And, you know, sometimes you don't even respond or look at it because it's not worth it. And you click on them and they're a financial services rating type of, type of thing, have nothing to do with with rankings. But they'll do this a couple of times a year. And on their second or third page in the lowest thing said, we cannot va- uh, validate the uh, relevancy or accuracy of our ranking <laughs> right, right. So they throw it out there. So we put up, uh, we pushed back last year uh-huh. and we said, you know, we got a lot going for us. We referenced this uh, ranking by the realtors and other things and all the good stuff going. And you and I know most people who criticize Mississippi have never set foot inside our borders. Right, but Economic stats are wrong and off and all this thing. So now that we've pushed back they make sure that they 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 dog us on every type of listing they get so you know you consider the source do your research find out what's legit and what's not and they're not and uh, but so again a credible organization not com. you don't want to get any better than that
1: hey billy i i tell you man at this point about this these perceptions it comes up in the show all the time where People who uh, are not from here who come here, they fall in love with this place mostly because of the people here. And and when we all leave here, both of us and many like us have had these opportunities to speak in national events and do do business outside the state. We all often, you know, bring with us a burden. It's a burden we carry. We happily carry carry to dispel myths about Mississippi. Uh, there was a terrific story, in fact, in the New York Times last week about the education advancement. That Mississippi made. But and there was a paragraph in there that essentially reminded everybody that Mississippi is a racist state. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't give us any credit for the progress that we've made. We've got issues like every state, but if you think about where we came from and where we are today and the hearts and minds of the people who live here, it's just, man, we we just have we have a we have a big responsibility to continue to dispel myths, don't we?
2: We do, we do. And, um, you know, you, you, you win hearts and minds sometimes one at a time, but that takes a long time. And, and you've got an outlet like New York Times that is widely read. Their they, um, journalists actually write pretty well, but uh, they're often still misinformed and they have agendas too. And, um, you know, a lot of folks like to use us as, as a whipping post just to, just to say, look how great we are and look at Mississippi. And the fact is, they don't have a clue as to how good it is, particularly on this coast. Uh, we can stand toe to toe with anybody on economic standards, quality of life standards. You know, people say, "Well, I go, yeah, but you got this problem." You guys, we've got challenges every community and neighborhood does. It's how you deal with them, how you're proactive, how you sometimes do more with less. Um, but and, and look, the, the line we're in sometimes is thankless. But you don't get to get into it for pat's on the back. You do it to make a difference. And we have, fortunately, a lot of leaders across this coast who really appreciate what we have. And, and want to collectively um, continue to raise the bar. But look, we don't want to become these big cities with the problem. No. We enjoy, you know, when you when you got an area where there is no commute, no commute time, that's a big deal. When you got around the round the year, uh, great climate, and you got a beach to drive along every single day, if you want to,
1: yeah, that's sweet. it's special. It's special. Hey, listen, uh, when we come back on the other side, uh, the first event in Gulfport that is called Jeeping Jeepin the Coast was a real success with a great turnout in downtown Gulfport. We're going to talk about that, but actually be the, the blueprint for another maybe large scale uh, uh, type event for coastal Mississippi just like cruising the coast. but we'll see you with uh, the mayor of the city of Gulfport Billy Hughes after this break.
2: Subscribe for free to the Ricky Matthew show podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever
0: you get your podcast. Reminding you why we all love living in coastal Mississippi. It's the Ricky Matthews Show on Supertalk 103.1. Welcome
1: back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I have my friend, the mayor of the city of Gulfport, Billy Hughes. And when we went to break, I mentioned Jeep in the Coast. Wow. what a First of all, great weather, but just an incredible event. Tell, tell us more about it.
2: Look, um, you know, nobody having a monopoly on good ideas, and I give credit to Long Beach for really getting this started. That's been, you know, the home of Jeep in the coast, and it, it, like cruising, has just kind of grown and become a, a thing unto itself. And so for all the organizers and for the enthusiasts who come, it, uh, it was pretty doggone amazing to have, uh, you know, a, a full weekend, really an extended weekend, uh, these Jeepers coming to town. Uh, it's, it's just good, clean fun. Um, everybody seems to have a, a great attitude. They love, again, that beach drive going from one city to another and enjoying all the cuisine and fellowship that we have to offer. So it was neat to see um, our, our CAO Leonard Pana. He had an idea about doing an event on Thursday night over at Sully's, one of the newer restaurants that have come to town. These guys are out of Hattiesburg. And they got a great thing going. And um, they had a little uh, concert, and, and um, it was Jeeps lined up as far as the eye could see. Remarkable. And, and so, um, you know, we think we're on to something, and I, I could see it growing to where every city has a and event during that week. Um, but uh, it, it's it's become – it's had, taken on a life of its own, but it's really pretty neat. Um, Paula and I have a Jeep, and we took the doors off and the top off, and we drove up and down, and I swear we went um, uh, one evening – down to where they were gathering, I think, the last night in Long Beach. And there were more flashy, blinky lights and neon and all sorts of stuff. Um, uh, you know, I, did, I think if anybody's prone to epileptic seizure, they might have had a problem <laughs> going there because it was everywhere, but it was really cool to see.
1: Well, listen, uh, Cruising the Coast, once again, uh, recognizes the top uh, cruising event or event-like car show in America. And the reason why is what you just pointed out, that is, you know, usually you go to a car show like Cruising the Coast in America, and they go to this open field somewhere, and they don't get to drive around. And cruisers, they like to show their car up, but what they they came to understand about Cruising the Coast is – they really do want to show their car out, but they really want to drive. <laughs> they really want to literally cruise. And as you said more than once during this conversation, this unique drive down Highway 90 that connects all these wonderful communities of coastal Mississippi and the events that happen in each of the cities that are showcasing those cities and this event, you know, why wouldn't uh, Jeep and the Coast become a cruise on the coast? Because that's that's the thing that makes this such a remarkable place to visit is that opportunity to cruise and to take it all in. Well, you know, Judy
2: Young, I asked her, you know, what do we do the best here? And she said, your hospitality, you know, she's our CVB director. And she said, uh, you get it right. It's in your DNA. And so we we just tend to like one another uh, as a people. And then you throw all the other great things about the coast together. So anytime there's a fellowship or an opportunity to have a celebration, whether it's about Jeeps, whether it's a cinema by the shore, whether it's cruising or, you know, uh, sailing, there's all sorts of things to do here, but the, um, the uh, automobile enthusiasts, you know, they, you've know, you got your Corvette club, you've got your Firebird club, you've got your Jeepers, and, and it's just neat, and they really do gravitate towards one another, and they share stories and swap parts and all this kind of stuff. So it's just one more opportunity that um, a lot of communities can't offer that because of our ease to get around that we talked about. You don't have a lot of gridlock, and so you're not stuck in traffic to a great degree, you know, except on the peak days. And and most folks know that coming in for some of these events too that you're going to get. But heck, um, you know, if you're if you're stuck on the beach, good. Gosh, that's a pretty good pretty good problem to have, right?
1: No, there that is definitely a great problem to have. Hey, listen, one of the things that I often say about Jones Park, this sort of the center of a green space between the city and the harbor, is that before Katrina, there was there were always a little bit of rub about what the Jones family. What they had had put this position the park to be, and whether you could have this type of use or that type of use, et cetera. But one of the things that that Katrina did is enable us to kind of once and for all decide what we wanted that to be, and it's becoming that as you know, in front of our very eyes. It is a special place, isn't it, Billy?
2: You know, uh, the redesign that was done during the charrettes after the storm um, really uh, took a look at that from a totally, you know, uh, new canvas and uh, put those ellipses in there and made it more walker-friendly, user-friendly, event-friendly, and, um, you know, and and Judge Russell really did a, a, a remarkable favor in clarifying what could and could not go there. And, you know, it's not to be developed or built out commercially, but, uh, you know, for us to be able to have events and things that bring the public to it into this central point on the coast. I mean, it's just about the center point of the Gulf of Mexico, America's coast.
1: It is. It is.
2: And so it's a really great and the harbor is beautiful. You know, we just had sounds by the sea, which is uh, I think we had six to seven thousand people there for the symphony um, uh, for Memorial Day concert. It was uh, really just a a wonderful celebration and now we have the crosswalk that is linking you know the aquarium property in downtown it's part of a larger vision to make our area that walking walker friendly um uh just very accommodating um uh, locale so the green space is perfect and and, you know you've traveled enough most cities that have their act together not only do they have a, a good business center and hub but they all tend to have an emphasis on green space and beautification that goes with that, and a harbor district. And yes. I think we've been able to pull that together uh, with our with our personnel. Um, you know, we've got a new harbor master who's doing a great job. Uh, our our harbor is as full as it's ever been. And I like to think it's because of what we've been trying to create for. Once you get there, you can about find anything you, you, you need within a short distance walk or ride but the coolest thing, I think, with the trend we've seen is the advent of food trucks. You know, we're, we're kind of late to get – they've been in Austin and all these large cities for a long time, but I, I think food trucks add so much um, to, to events. And uh, we, we've got Gulfport's 125th birthday coming up uh, on July 29th, and we're planning a um, city event. That's a hot time of the year, so all our events are going to have a parade, and they're going to be in the evening, starting at 5.30. You know, we'll have some concerts and, and music, have food trucks, and a fireworks show so it's uh, it's going to be a neat celebration to observe our birthday
1: that's on July the 29th it's July the 29th Park. yeah that's that's 125 years what a what a great venue to be able to what a great venue to be able to celebrate in you know you mentioned the charades, but you know there are so many, so many great ideas that boiled out of the charades. But this, I mean, I, I remember really well when Andreas Juani looked at at uh, Jones Park in the harbor and said, "Man, this is the gem of the coast." Because when you're when you're coming down 49, coming off of I-10, and you enter co- Coastal Mississippi, you want You don't want it just to be that you arrived at the port. <laughs> you you want it to be that you arrived at a place that's really special. And then, of course, downtown said the downtown GoPort area. Embarked on what, at the time, it may still be the largest facade uh, restructure in the history of a downtown area. All these new facades that that were that were developed for businesses and and uh, private space there in Gufford, and then you know Twenty Fifth Avenue and the landscaping. And the, it's special, though, isn't it, Billy? I mean, the evolution of all these ideas and thinking has really begun to create something that you can be very proud of. Well, you know,
2: it, 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 there's there's a legacy of a lot of good leadership and a lot of good vision, and it takes partnerships. Um, but you know, putting some extra money into uh, just beautification—those little things—that makes a difference. You know, we got a friend who says it, it only takes a little bit more to go first class, and uh, but it is a budget consideration. But the beautification component sets us apart, I believe. And with the facade grant, uh, you know, nobody knew if that was going to work or not, but it's amazing what a little paint and some uh, some awnings will do. To, to freshen the look and appeal of uh, buildings and businesses, and um, uh, for for a small uh, investment through Main Street and when, with the help of the state some grants there, uh, our community kind of uh, transformed, uh, you know, reinvigorated a lot of things down here. And dang if you do, dang if you don't. But uh, you know, you make some decisions and um, trying to, to raise the bar in things like that aquarium. That's a huge investment by the city and the state. Um, But I think it's we're starting to see when people think about where to go, where to take their kids, what do you want to see, what sets us apart, that campus has really grown into the asset that we knew it would be.
1: Yeah, I had Kurt on recently, and uh, he detailed for me, and the, of course, I've had numerous board members on along the way. The board has taken tremendous responsibility. But what I what I like about what they're doing is they're listening to their guests. They're listening to the community. Yeah. They're constantly making changes. They're bringing new features in. So if you haven't been there in a while, you people should probably go back and take a look at it because there's a lot more to be seen. What, what they've done is work harder to make the stickiness of it, so that so a family visits there. Uh, when they get done with the uh, with the aquarium part of it, there's just so much more to keep them there for a longer period of time. They've increased the educational part of it. They've increased the number of exhibits there. Uh, they're really focused on sort of advancing the ball so that you never arrive. I, I think about uh, I, th- I think about the big uh, improvement that was just recently made in the aquarium in New Orleans. But the reality is, you have to keep. Keep, you have to keep bringing sort of a new light to it. And uh, I think Kurt and his team are really focused on that these days, don't you think?
2: I do. And, uh, you know, they, they totally retool the board with professionals, you know, with a lot of experience from everything from marketing um, to, to events, to attractions, uh, and um, to finance. And, um, you know, just kind of talking about what the needs were and how do we do respond to um, the feedback we're getting from the public. And the main thing was to extend, you know, to create enhancements that are going to extend the stay, new exhibits, make use of the space that you have, and they're doing that. So I think in the next couple of months they're going to be launching and, and announcing something really big. Um, and uh, they're in the process now, but they've got beavers. They got a lot of different things. So the animals are often changing out too. So there's always something new to see.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. It's cool what they're doing, and, and uh, I'm. I'll support them in any way I can because it is a central point for as a family attraction here in coastal Mississippi, not just Gulfport Hey, when we come back, we'll have the final segment with Mayor Billy Hughes. We'll see you after this.
0: This is The Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Gulf Coast 103.1.
1: Hey, welcome back to The Ricky Matthews Show. I have my friend, the mayor of the city of Gulfport, and uh, Billy Hughes, and we're just we're just catching up. There's always a lot going on. Billy, I actually went back and listened to the very first show you and I did today when, when I launched doing a radio show. The first observation was I talked too much uh, on that show. But the <laughs> second observation is what we talked about was so important. Um, it was that your experience as a legislator... Really helped you be a great mayor. I mean, for, I, I wouldn't say just—actually, I should let me take a step back. Your experience in the commercial real estate business and insurance and being a, a, a successful business person and your experience in the legislature really helped you be a great mayor. And one of the things that, that Greg and Judy and I talked about recently as it related to Coastal Mississippi— is that the the re, the reality is that there are so many political subdivisions of, of coastal Mississippi, legislators, mayors, supervisors. There's a lot of people to communicate with. This is a complicated place, but you have to be willing to put the time in the trenches to communication to be successful. When you combine your ability to communicate with your experience, it really has positioned you to be more successful as a mayor, hasn't it?
2: You know, without a doubt. Um, the, you know... The line of business I'm in is service oriented and uh, political service, if you're doing it right, political office is service oriented too. And you know uh, you, you, your eyes get open, you got to be willing to learn, but I, I understood got to understand Mississippi's cultural dynamic and our regional dynamics and then how the coast is viewed. and sometimes not uh, historically as as good as it should. There's a jealousy uh, upstate to to some degree because I don't think they understand uh, our culture. We tend to be a little more chill as far as how we take things on. I like to think we're methodical. We don't have a monopoly on that. But the way we do, we're also um, uh, open, open to new ideas. Uh, we embrace folks and we're, we're, we're more focused on getting things done, not who you are, what your background is or where you're from. It's important. But you know I've said before, if you're a good person, that's really all we need to know. And if you wanna make a difference, come on. There's plenty of room to swim in this pool. Uh, and 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 make your mark uh, and and have some influence. So that's where I think we get that hospitality thing. And Mississippi's got it too. Mississippi's really good about it. But this coast, it's a special flavor, and it is our culture that we celebrate. And um, but it also had me understand that we are not viewed as Gulfport, Biloxi, Pass and Long Beach, Pascagoula, etc. We're, we're we're the coast. And um, at Jackson, they used to uh, laugh about how we would kind of fight amongst ourselves because we are passionate people. Every city has its own personality, which is a strength, not a weakness. But sometimes that would be used against us. And so when I came home, I said, okay, guys and gals, uh, let's, let's take a different approach and let's start talking about one coast. And we started defining what that means. And that doesn't mean we're going to agree on everything or get to get along on everything, but we celebrate our differences and pull together where we have common goals, common needs. And that's where we go to Jackson. And it got a lot of folks' attention. and uh, made sense to us down here. And so, you know, one of the outgrowths is us going to the Neshoba County Fair. You know, and, it's, uh, uh, and I hope you're going to go this year. Uh, it's a political year. It's always good to go. But in, in statewide politics, there's going to be some great stump speeches. There's some celebration. But, again, it's our chance as a coastal community to bring our cuisine up there, our food. We do a big seafood cooking. And um, there are thousands of people who come through. And sometimes maybe have seen us or gotten to know us or learn about us for the first time. But, again, that area was far into us, uh, and we were far into them. But we've made a lot of progress um, uh, making that long road, that trip, that effort um, to engage in some fellowship. And if you can establish relationships, that makes uh, a lot of things go a lot better.
1: Man, it's – I rem I remember – Uh, when I first became publisher, I went up at the uh, invitation of a friend of mine who's in the media industry. And I think uh, here's the thing I noticed. First of all, wow, all the players are there. (laughs) The other thing is is hot. (laughs) It's so hot Uh, because the way the cabins are situated, you don't get a good breeze coming through there. So you have to go prepared to just sweat. You know, that's just the reality. But Gosh, man! I mean, there. I probably no other event. Pro, maybe, maybe, maybe the coast reception at the beginning of the legislature is is a rival to this. But, but to have all the players in one place and those who are influencing them all in the same place. It's. I mean, you can't underestimate how important it is for us to have a voice in the Neshoba County Fair. And again, that's what you bring. The other thing that was interesting too. The I think you know, Fofo. I'm coming back to you and what makes you an effective mayor. But Fofo just said how much fun you guys had at your event. You know, the the way you use music to to humanize yourself and the way you're willing to poke fun at yourself. That's uh. That's important, though, isn't it?
2: Look, we have a really good group of mayors across this coast who enjoy each other's company. Uh, We find we have a lot in common, uh, the challenges we face, and we don't get together enough. Uh, but Fofo and I have a, have a, kind of a brotherhood going. We just fell in with one another. He is a, he is a joy to be around. Uh, Serena is a remarkable uh, first lady. She calls it she's the uh, flob, first lady of Biloxi, and Paul is the flog, first lady of <laughs> Gulfport. But, and, and you know it's that that brand of humor that uh, we take our job seriously, but not ourselves seriously, yeah. which yeah. allows us to um, it's a rare thing. But just to relax with one another and and do some things, and music is that common thing that. FOFO and I and you and, and a lot of folks have if you if you play you get it. And if you, you just enjoy music, you get it. There's some there's a lot of yeah. commonality that hey it's not all business all the time, it's not all serious all the time. It seems like it, but it's not and you need to, you know, make the most of your time together. So, you know, for me music's therapy. And, uh huh. and, 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 but playing with some really, really good, good folks and friends makes a difference in fofos right up there at the top.
1: Hey, in a future show, we might want to, we might want to spend a segment or two and share some of your music. You've got some cool new music out and we might want to share some, hum a few bars uh, on some of the recordings you've done. But for now,
2: I thought you were trying to grow your audience, not run them no,
1: off. No, it'd be fun. some fun music actually. Hey, that's been a pleasure Billy. You have, have a great day, my friend. Okay thanks. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you tomorrow.
0: A Super Talk Mississippi yeah. media production.